Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies, the only global sales training company that integrates leading sales methodologies and the latest neuroscience studies into a simple and repeatable, that's the key, simple and repeatable 10-step process for sales success. Thank you, Paul. Paul is our announcer for Asher Sales Sense, and I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Strategies studio in Washington, D.C., our host today is Kyle O'Connell, Senior Partner and Sales Facilitator at Asher Strategies. Kyla's guest is Dr. Flynn Busey, Managing Director of the Busey Group in the Washington, D.C. area. And the title of the show is Harnessing Neurolinguistic Programming to Reframe Price Objections. Kyla, over to you. Thank you, Dave. So today is going to be an exciting podcast because we have Dr. Busey here with us who has a PhD and accreditation in neurolinguistic programming. And we're going to just kind of call you Flynn to keep it uh, conversational for our listeners today. <laughs> but what's so interesting to me, Flynn, is when we go through training, we mention neurolinguistic programming. Very few people are familiar with it. And it's surprising to me because I was introduced to it pretty early in my sales career and, and its effectiveness. And so I really am excited about this conversation today because I think it's going to bring a lot of value to our listeners, and that's what we're all about. So thank you for being here. Let's get started. Thank you, Kyla. I'm looking forward to sharing some ideas about how you harness uh, neurolinguistic programming to become an elite salesperson. Why don't you tell me about that? So how can the power of neurolinguistic programming, or sometimes referred to as NLP, how can it be practically harnessed for elite selling? Well, let me take a minute and speak to the neurolinguistic programming term. It's quite a mouthful. Look at it as a set of techniques and then focus on some specific techniques that can be used in price objections. Neurolinguistic programming, in a sense, is just what the words say. Neuro brain linguistic is language. It's basically looking at how the brain is programmed with language. One way I like to think about it is the brain is the hardware and the language is the software or the program. Okay. At least selling harnesses the insights of neuroscience research and applies those insights to become more persuasive and lead to better sales. NLP is a powerful technique, uh, set of techniques, actually, that have been adopted to selling skills. Tony Robbins is one of the first people to really champion NLP, it, and um, it's now become a very familiar set of tools. I've gone through uh, a lot of Tony Robbins training. I've, I've gone to two UPW seminars. I have you know, felt personally the power of, of NLP and how he helps people overcome and use it on themselves too and, and overcome things that they're struggling with. And then also very familiar with all of his sales training and how how he teaches salespeople and leaders to use NLP to be effective. Great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. How are you using the term reframe and why is it such a powerful technique for handling price objections specifically? Reframing is, is something we actually all do, but oftentimes we're not consciously using it. Let me give you an example. When was the last time you were in an argument and you said to the person, well, look at it from my point of view. Right. That's an example of reframing. 
Reframing okay. is, is simply shifting the frame of reference someone is using to interpret a specific situation that they find themselves in. A, a simple example is you hear a knock on the door. Now, if you're expecting a friend, then you're delighted and happy. However, if you think you've been followed home by a stalker, that knock means something very different. Same event, the knock, but very different interpretations depending upon the frame of reference. Okay. We always have a mindset or a point of view that provides that frame of reference for how we interpret information. Elite salespeople learn how to shift the buyer's frame of reference when dealing with objections. Reframing is valuable for price objections because it's an easy way to refocus on the value instead of the price in, a, in a, an objection. Okay, so that makes sense to me. And we, we teach that in our training, but I don't know if I, I've never used the word reframe, so thank you for that. But it's really context too, right? Like you're, you're reframing the context of the door knock or the price objection to kind of be understood in a different perspective. Exactly, exactly. The reframing techniques are based on changing the frame of reference or the context, as you say, without really changing the content of the discussion. A lot of people will fight tenaciously to defend their beliefs, but actually yeah. will quite easily look at things from a different perspective. All right, so it's, it's like a soft way to get them to, to kind of see things from your point of view. Right, or at least an, an alternative point of view. Because every time you look at something from a different angle or from a different perspective, it can look different. And particularly dealing with objections where um, they're, you're trying to get someone to refocus from the price to the value proposition. And it's in that shift in that setting that suddenly they can see it differently and hopefully come to a different kind of conclusion and for themselves help see the value uh, for the price that they're paying. Yeah, that, and that, that totally makes sense. So what are specific examples of reframing techniques for responding to price objections? So obviously, we're, you mentioned reframing from price to value. Do you have any like real-life examples of, of how that can be done? Let me um, first say that this is not a universal objection handling technique. These are pretty elite sales kind of strategies and techniques that, that people can use and very effectively for price objections. But reframing is, is, is broader than that. But the, the two that I want to focus on today, one is time frame reframing technique. Where okay. essentially you shift the buyer's orientation along the timeline, either further in the future looking back or back in the past looking forward. And oftentimes that shift in the time frame can make a huge difference in the perspective that people take on specific issues. So without even challenging the issue, you're trying to move that to different places on the timeline. Another simple one that I'll talk about today is point of view reframe, which is quite simply getting someone to look at it from another person's point of view. And we all do that naturally, but in a sales situation at the right moment, to be able to shift that view to, let's say, look at it from your boss's perspective or look at it from a user's perspective 
that eventually will have to use those features and benefits that that result in that higher quality and, and greater value, but also higher price. And so you, by changing point of view, it allows a different filter to be used to understand the value proposition. There are a number of reframing techniques, but the, those are the two that I think we got time to talk about today, and I think are particularly easy to use and effective for pricing objections. So can you give me an example of, of how you would use the time frame reframing with a buyer? Let's say uh, you know, a buyer is questioning your price, giving you, you know, a lot of price price pain, price objection. How could you use the time frame reframing to get them to think of a different time? Would you talk about maybe different like payment options or something like that? Well, I'll kind of I'll give you an example from from my own experience. Uh, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I were shopping for a new television set, and she'd sort of studied it and, and thought through it, and we went to a store with a lot of different options, and we had a budget going in, but naturally, I sort of drifted to the <laughs> higher-end uh, sets, but when I looked at the price, I was shocked, but then my wife came over, and, and that's why I started looking at the cheaper one. She, she had the one she wanted, and she said, well, how long do you think we'll have this? television you know for years you think five years from now you're going to look back and remember that we saved a few dollars instead of that it has the features and the quality that you're really looking for and mm. i said well and she had reframed my, my price objection to get me to look at it in the future and then suddenly broader longer term perspective i was able to see a different equation and that helped me to make a decision to pay a little more and, and get what I wanted instead of sticking to our original budget. Okay. Well, that makes, and, that makes perfect sense. Kyla, yeah, it's after, time for a quick commercial break. And I've got a couple of uh, examples after the break. And let's do that break to remind you that over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. That's right natural aptitude. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ as they call it, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. If you want to find out how to find the winners and choose the right people, go to asherstrategies.com or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. And now back to our show. We've been speaking with Flynn Busey on harnessing neuro-linguistic programming to reframe price objections. Now back to Kyla and Flynn. So you said you had a couple more examples right right before our break yes i just want to go a little bit deeper into each of those two techniques uh time frame reframing as we talked about is shifting the perspective into the future or or into the past um so to apply that you basically ask them to move forward to a specific time and that's important that it's specific as opposed to generalized in the future an example is an example is I understand your concern about price. Six months from now, do you think users will be talking about the price or their value that they've got? Again, right. 
by shifting it forward, you have a chance to experience the benefits and the value. Uh, in fact, return on investment assumes that that occurs over time. And oftentimes the, the prices or the cost is immediate, but the value accrues over time. And without that time horizon, sometimes the value equation is, is hard to calculate. Right. I like the, the advice of the giving this a specific time because when people kind of think of things over time or you could take them to a specific time, then their perspective has changed. And you're right. That's why the return on investment analytics and marketing messages are so effective because it kind of shifts an executive to think of the life uh, span of this investment versus paying what they're paying that day. Right. Let me give you another example of using a time frame in the past. Again, okay. going to a specific time, not just remembering the past, but here's an example. I understand you're concerned about our price. Before you got our price, what was the range you anticipated for this level of quality? Put them back before that moment allows them okay. to share that, what it looked like from there. What were their expectations? Instead of saying, what's your budget? By putting them back and saying, what did you think this quality was going to take? But it, again, emphasizing the quality that has to be a part of that calculation, get over a price objection. Okay. I like that. That will be helpful. That's a, a tactical takeaway, I think, for listeners, you know, to put put them in a very specific time, whether it's six months from now or before you received our price. I, I like right. that tactical, tactical right. well, technique there. Let me just add a little more detail to the second technique that I've discussed, which is point of view reframe. Again, simply okay. getting the person to look at it, look at the situation from someone else's point of view. And again, the key is that it needs to be a specific person, if possible. It can be a role to get a, a specific person to say, what, what is it going to look like from their point of view or their perspective? An example is from your user's point of view. What features should be eliminated to lower the price? Mm. Again, the, the price objection is basically, is it worth it? And the important question is, worth it for whom? Right. <laughs> taking, taking end user's perspective can shift that value equation. Or another example, from your boss's point of view, is he or she looking to get the best value or just the lowest price? Yeah, love it. I'm and writing, so I'm, I'm writing notes. <laughs> <laughs> that can be very powerful, and not only because it has them oftentimes use a different frame, but it also can get, provide real important information under the pressure they're under, whether the boss is trying to get them to cut the price or, you know, and so they won't normally tell you that, but if you shift to that point of view, they'll speak from that boss's perspective. Right. Love it. Very, very helpful techniques here. What are three core takeaways business leaders can implement right now? Well, the first one I would suggest is start using time frame and point of view reframing techniques. They're very simple. Again, we do it naturally, but to do it intentionally, or as you say, to be consciously super competent is to yeah. have those skills ready to be used. And that involves practice and, and working on it. And that there are also that you can develop and practice reframing for a variety of techniques as a way to get people to shift their perspective. And last, I'd say, elite salespeople learn 
learn how to harness the new research into the brain to improve their power of persuasion. And these are just tools that come from the increasing insight that neuroscience brings to selling. I hope you take advantage of some of these as well. Wonderful. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've, John Asher's, you know, as you know, published a book on the subject of a lot of these techniques and how to apply them through sales and, and conversations and through leadership and teams. But his book you know, really focuses more on, you know, how to wake up the brain and how to uh, leverage biases, whereas neurolinguistic programming is, is similar to that, but I think it really is a whole different field of study that I just find fascinating. And you're right, when people can really harness it and use it intentionally, it's really fun to watch. <laughs> well, Tyler, as you know, I'm a fan of John. John's new book, Predicting Neuroscience of Selling. Yeah. And it's really from some of the research that's emerging from neuroscience that explains why the NLP techniques are so effective. Yeah. And again, I think it's important to make that hardware-software distinction. The hardware of the brain has a programming language. And the more we learn to use that programming language, the more effective we can be in getting someone to see from our point of view. And, and body language really comes into this too, right, Glenn? It's not just spoken language. Well, there are three fundamental NLP skills. The first one, and most famous, is the ability to rapidly establish rapport using mirror and matching to make the person to be in rapport with the person. Which There's also learning how to think through and listen for the buyer's mindset, not necessarily what they're thinking, but the framework within which they're setting it. And the third is the big one that we just talked about a, a little bit, is the ability to reframe the buyer's perspective to shift their focus to benefits and value. Those are three core abilities that NLP offers. Right. And the mirroring is interesting. We get into that a little bit with our sales training. And that really happens immediately, right? I mean, you can just, I love it when it happens naturally. You know, you meet somebody, you just right. flow, you just flow with, right? But now with these techniques, you can flow with anybody. You just have to be intentional about it. Rapport is an interesting and, and challenging sort of thing because you can like somebody and work with them, but, but there's certain times you're not in rapport. Rapport is a in-the-moment kind of connection, and that's what matching yeah. and mirroring can do. And it's particularly important when you're trying to develop rapid rapport because you don't have time to get into sync with that person. You've got to have the skills to adapt to their patterns of breathing and talking and sitting and, and other things. So, yes, yeah, you say, it's, it's, a, it's a rich vein of tools that can be used to improve elite salespeople's persuasive abilities. Kyla, it's time for the wrap-up. Well, Flynn, thank you so much for taking us a little deeper into the reframing process and utilizing point of view reframing and the timeline reframing. It's very fascinating to me, and I'm sure you have been very helpful with these techniques with our listeners. If anybody wanted more information or to contact you directly, how could uh, they reach you? Through LinkedIn or any other way? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. That would be a great way. I also give my email, Flynn Busey, F-L-Y-N-N-B-U-C-Y, one word, at gmail.com. 
Very good. Well, thanks so much for being here and bringing your wisdom to us. And uh, I can't wait to start using these techniques. So thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Kyla. Well, thank you, Kyla and Flynn. That's all the time we have for today. For our listeners, be sure to join us again next week at the same time. From now until then, John Asher reminds us to please, please get out there and sell something. Paul, take it away. You've been listening to another episode of Asher Sales Sense right here on Asher Strategies Radio.